0: everyone and welcome to the thrive co-living podcast and YouTube broadcast thrive co-living is a new concept in creative community building sustainable multicultural multi-generational and inclusive thrive co-living communities are built from repurposed big-box stores or other suitable buildings in this series myself Jennifer Hooper and Thrive founder Mark Stein will weave together the tapestry that makes up the physical and spiritual components of this new concept in community living. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Thrive Co Living podcast. Today, this is episode two. My name is Jennifer Hooper. I am the co host of this podcast along with Mark Stein, who is the founder of Thrive Co Living. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Mark and have him give us maybe a, a one or two sentence overview, but for the details of what Thrive is, go back and listen to or watch on YouTube the first episode where we really take a deep dive into what Thrive Co-Living is. But hello, Mark. How you doing?
1: Hi there. Great. <laughs> Glad to be back. Thank you. So we have Christine DeLazaro today and we're going to talk about pets and animals um, we definitely want to have thrive be a an animal friendly environment but not only do people have to live together in uh in relatively close quarters um but we a lot of people will have their animals so we wanted to talk about that and christine first tell us a little bit about about your background and uh, how you how you come to this focus on animals.
2: Okay, um, welcome. Yes, uh, my name's Christine DeLazaro and um, I've really been working with animals my whole life. I um, uh, was raised uh, in a family where we had uh, goats, chickens, cats, dogs. They're very much part of our our lives, you know? And, um, and then I later entered uh, working in the uh, animal health field, working in veterinary hospitals, you know, um, I've been doing that for 30 plus years. Um, I guess you'd call my official job as a, I'm a veterinary technician, but my role is varied in the clinics that I have worked in and work in now. Um, I worked in a uh, all-feline practice in New York City for about nine years. That's really where I got most really got my claws into the work that I do. <laughs> and, um, while I was, while I was working there, um, there are, and I say this, this is related to what we're talking about because really when we talk about, um, animal health and pets and wanting to live with animals, you know, there is a real, a balance between, you know, the people and the animals and the communication between them and and, um, how we can all get along. Um, While I was working at this uh, hospital in New York City, we actually had a fire. Um, All the animals were rescued, but it was in the summer. And this animal hospital had a boarding facility and all these people uh, had nowhere to board their animals during the peak of the season, it's vacation time. So uh, a coworker and I decided, let's offer our, our uh, services as pet sitters. Now, this was in the 80s. I don't know that it was that it's very mainstream now to have a professional pet sitter. And this really was uh, another great opportunity to um, help people keep their animals safe in their own homes. They if the animal got sick, I could bring it to the clinic, where they already have an established uh, healthcare. Um, so, I, so I also had my own pet sitting business. So it's, I have this kind of uh, both things going. And then since 1997, I've lived here in Louisville. And again, I work in all feline, it just so happens, that's where I landed again, all feline, the cat clinic of Louisville. And again, I have a lot of, uh, not right now because of COVID, no one's traveling, but um, quite a few animals that I take care of when people go away. And um, again, uh, I get to see through the clinic and also working with people in their homes, really a full spectrum of uh, people's concerns about their pets and problems they have and what kind of health care do they need and really um, just that balance of communication of uh, how can the pet owner be uh, like an advocate for their pet and give them the best uh, care they need. That kind of sums up my background.
1: What do you see as some of the biggest problems that people have um, with their pets, uh, especially as far as, um, their, their neighbors. Uh, so what, what do you see?
2: I'm going to say, um, noise barking problems. That's a big one. Okay. Um, I guess, you know, cats and dogs, like some people are, will let their animals roam. That's not, doesn't always fly in certain neighborhood situations and I think perhaps for sure if you're going to have a communal setting there would have to be some boundaries some rules some not just uh for everybody's safety really too you know um a roaming animal could bite somebody could dig up somebody's yard um those noise things I'm thinking of mostly, or just like uh, you might in the communal living situation, there might be people who are kind of afraid of animals or not so sure about them, and they shouldn't have to be uh, ha- have to deal with animals that are just coming into their space. So I guess mm-hmm. that would be um, that would be a, something I would start with
1: anyway. Do people generally feel like? some people do with their kids oh my child would never do anything wrong you must be talking about somebody else's dog that could do that
2: well you know i'm this is just me personally um for instance if i go to uh like a big park we have cherokee park here and sometimes i've had to i'm actually working i have there's a leash law in that park i've got my dog on a leash and somebody else's dog comes running up to my dog and the owners always say it's okay he's friendly he won't bite <laughs> but my dog's freaked out um that's just that's not okay with me i think that's um and there's just some unknowns because you don't know how dogs are going to react to one another Uh, There's been plenty of instances, believe me, in the animal hospitals I've worked in, because I did work in a cat and dog uh, hospital here in Louisville for quite a few years as well. Dogs getting in fights and getting really hurt just in a park because they weren't on a leash. So that's one example. Um, So in
0: that scenario, I think what you're saying is that a lot of that... um chaos could be avoided if the dog was just on the leash in the first place correct and another yeah. thing
2: i would say too is um sometimes i've just uh there wasn't we had a really bad problem i think a couple of years ago where there was a canine virus that was running through all it was just dogs were getting sick and dying and uh, whole hospitals were having to clear out the the shelters and the hospitals because they were trying to get rid of this, get this virus down and under control. And there were some vaccine protocols. So this is another thing. When you talk about uh, animal health, you're also talking about just public health. So, i was sitting in the park one day during this whole thing and people were letting their dogs off the leash and and co-mingle with each other it's very similar to what we're dealing with now with the COVID thing and i thought to myself these people don't know if the other dog's been vaccinated or they don't know um they just don't know and they're putting their dog at risk they're putting the uh, maybe the other dogs being at risk Those are the kind of things that you want to avoid. Um, uh, A good uh, health protocol, I think, in this co-living situation, I think you very much should have a plan for, um, or just some, some real, again, rules, things that really to keep everybody, humans and animals, safe. These are the vaccines that should be done. These are the... Um, I mean, fleas and ticks, you know, zoonotic diseases, things that could be prevented. What are the preventative uh, things that we can do to keep our pets healthy, to keep also the people healthy? So those are some, some things. You know, a,
1: a lot of people view dogs and cats differently in terms of leashes and that sort of thing. So, you know, sometimes you'll go into a business, uh, where they'll have their, their resident cat, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it it may be in some, uh, nursery or something where they're being a mouser, you know, they're doing their Mm -hmm. job. Um, but do you, you know, so I could see cats more easily wandering around thrive than dogs but i guess they're really the same problems there um i guess um
2: i guess that the areas that you would have a wandering cat would have to be very specific like yes you know when i lived in new york city it was always really actually i love when you would go to a bodega or a little store and they had their little mouse or cat who would greet you at the door and you know was. It was the store cat. The store cat's pretty cool. Again, I never knew if the animal was being uh, properly cared for by a veterinarian, but you could have that control in the like say you had a lobby somewhere. You know, however the this this community is, there might be certain areas where they might have a community cat. maybe for people who don't really want to pet in their private space you know like maybe there's a communal space where people have coffee and you know chat or whatever maybe there'll be some cats there and you'll know exactly that they're good with people good with you know maybe might have to be good with dogs i mean you would have to kind of decide about these situations Mm -hmm. um dogs and cats maybe could get along but again they're individuals too some cats cannot be around dogs some dogs they can't help it they got to chase the cat (laughs) other dogs are like oh I'm totally chill about having a cat around they're just individuals just like we are but um
0: so mark let me ask you this question as far as pets are concerned in the thrive co-living communities will they be limited to certain areas will they have carte blanche access to all the hallways do are you is that still evolving
1: yeah i don't i don't have any firm ideas about it at this point you know and each particular facility will be a co-op so it'll have its own board of directors and i would like to see us as much as possible make decisions by consensus Um, and not by majority rule so that uh, people are as involved as they can be and it's as participatory as it can be. Um, But I I feel like the people that are going to be drawn there are, a lot of them are going to, if not most, are going to be really pet friendly and, you know, want to have their pets. A lot of people, more people I think are traveling with their animals now. Um, So lodging is being a lot more open to it um but you know i i I don't know i i think i want for everybody to have maximum freedom as long as we're not impinging on somebody else you know so if we if we could safely have a cat i think a cat wandering around is a little easier if the dogs are leashed than doing that with a dog because you can have a really small dog who's not leashed and another big somebody comes in with a big dog that is leashed and still have a tug of war with the big dog wanting to get at the little dog so mm-hmm. i guess i feel like and i'm more of a dog person than a cat person but i guess i feel like cats can get out of the way faster they I don't know, they seem to be able to take up for themselves a little easier if the dogs were on the leash. I don't know, Christine, you're a cat person, what do you?
2: I am a cat person, but I'm thinking also, um, I don't I don't see a wandering dog, because dogs are pack animals. They want to be with their people. You know what I mean? They want to be with their pack. so they're not apt to really be kind of wandering around, maybe a little bit, but for the most part, I feel like they're going to want to be with their owners or their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and i'm not suggesting that you have loose cats at at thrive co-living um that could be something that might come up but if you have people with cats that are um one one idea i do definitely have because i have it in my own home situation is i have a screened in patio and my and my cats are they're indoor only, but this screened-in patio is there. It's the best thing for the cats because they they feel like they're outdoors. They can watch birds, squirrels, any kind of rabbits that run in, bugs that crawl around. It really nurtures their lives uh, to have that kind of. Uh, it's a safe space where they feel like they're outside, but they're they're protected against say another cat that might attack them or a, or a dog or whatever they're not going to run off i don't have to worry about them and they're happy so that might be an idea for people who want a cat and in your community but um want something to enrich the cats um mm-hmm. you know whereas dogs you can i'm i'm sure you're thinking maybe even a dog park for the dogs sure you know um that would be that i i would if i were a dog owner and you know i'm not saying i don't happen to have a dog right now but i'm not against having a dog but uh, having um having a dog park on the facility grounds might be a nice idea I think
0: that would oh, be yeah, no question. as a no co-owner question. of a 90-pound dog who needs a lot of exercise. If it's right out my back door, that's very attractive and very appealing to me, part of the space where I live. Absolutely. We have a hard time where we live right now finding a place where he can run and not be a danger to any other pets or any other people, but get the exercise that he needs. Yeah. I'm in. I'm okay. I'm all for it. <laughs> and, then, and
2: this is just another idea because I mean, we're talking a uh, dogs and cats, cause that's the majority of pets that people have. Um, I don't, you know, if people have, um, birds, um, again, those are going to be in their private spaces. Uh, the only problem I would think is if your neighbor had a really squawky bird. So, some of birds like to talk, parrots and things like that. If you have people who have reptiles again they're going to they're not going to be taking them out. They're going to have them you know I don't know how many reptile friendly people there are, but you know, people have all kinds of things you know um and, uh, just for my I mean this might be way too much, but some of these communities, I'm sure are going to have gardens. So, if you had chickens or, uh, you know, like I said, I grew up with goats, the manure from that could be used in the gardens. I mean, uh, these are just ideas of, um, I guess, the people who would have the chickens and the goats that could either be, uh, I mean, that could be, really part of the community. It wouldn't have to just be like, well, I'm coming with my chickens. Where can I put the coop? But that might be the start. You know, the person who really knows about chickens and has a coop idea and then gets other people to help them take care of the chickens. And then everybody has eggs and then you have manure for the community garden. I mean, that's a beautiful thing right there.
1: You know, in fact, we're, we're really looking into hydroponics, uh, aquaponics, which is hydroponics growing uh, plants in liquid, but aquaponics introduces fish into it, into the ecosystem, because the plants will consume 90% of the nutrients that the fish produce from their excrement. And then chickens are a great addition because the fish, mostly tilapia is grown in aquaponics, they love chicken manure. And oh, they'll, wow. uh, I've seen some where the chickens would perch above the fish and the fish are down there just gobbling it up when it- No kidding. When they, <laughs> gobbling <laughs> the excrement. so it's yeah.
2: Recycling at its
0: best. Yeah, <laughs>
1: amazing. <laughs> Um,
0: I wouldn't mind having a co-share in a chicken coop. I sort of love, love that idea. I love the fresh eggs, and I wouldn't mind having a responsible piece of it, but the thought of being the only um, or being solely responsible for a chicken coop is what keeps me from having one now. <laughs> it just seems yep. too much. Yeah, um, but I love that idea. Yeah. You know, I,
1: when, I know this is way out there, and I probably will be reeled in on it, but I've even envisioned uh, having an all pets playground where uh, it could accommodate different sized dogs, cats, and have certain areas that were designated for cats, where they'd be protected from the dogs and birds and squirrels and fish and reptiles, each having their own little area. Um so we'll we'll see if that happens. Um
2: I think you need a creative
0: architect for that. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love your optimism. It's
0: great. <laughs> you
1: know, just a fun place for people to bring their animals because people who have birds, and I, I know a few of them, but they they love their birds and they're mm-hmm. attached to their birds just like I am to my dog. Mm-hmm. And um, you know. And I've seen and heard of people with their fish, you know, that they love their fish. So whatever animal people are drawn to, that's just, you know, they, they love them like we do ours. So. Sure.
2: And Definitely. I think an, an important um, component to think of, I don't know, um, it's just that if you're going to have all these animals involved living um, in this area in this special co-living situation um, the idea of veterinary care should be addressed like any animal that's living on the property should have a veterinarian whether it's the chickens or the individual who has her cat or dog has chosen their own veterinarian i i would say and i i think it would be important that um, all the animals on the property have a, a veterinarian that they are established with because have emergency,
1: certain, emergency certain can, shots that are required certain minimum standards that, that everybody has to have based on whatever animal they have
2: yes yes um and also in case of an emergency too, that you'd already have a veterinarian that's established. You're not st- like going, oh, where, where do we take this animal? Or where do we take this chicken? Or, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, that, that is an important, um, that's very important. It's just as if you have a doctor or your child, you have a, a pediatrician for your child. I don't see the difference. I think that. Um, I think if you're going to have this, this, uh, co-living work that that just has to be part of it.
1: Maybe we should, I mean, each person would probably have their own preference, but maybe we should have a, a designated vet, um, that if in the absence of somebody having one that they'd be our, our thrive veterinarian, um, you might have a, call. yeah,
2: you could have a Thrive Veterinarian or um, maybe just have some options or mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, I guess these are, these are just things to think about. I'm sure you, they're, they'll get more specific as you go along, but. Yeah, that, I think that veterinary
0: service is so important. And I'll give you a short story. Last weekend, my husband and I were, about an hour and a half away from we live, out in the middle of the woods. We were sleeping in a tree house, which was kind of fun. Cool. <laughs> but the dog went after a porcupine and oh. got a paw full of quills, neck, tongue, oh. out. Oh. And we oh. called all the vets <laughs> in the area. It was about four o'clock, they're all shutting down. And either they wouldn't take us because he wasn't already a patient, or they said, we don't have time or we don't have anybody. So we had to go an hour and a half back to where we live for the emergency vet, oh. and an hour and a half back to the woods. But he, oh. okay, but having access and quick access available at Thrive, I think would be fantastic. I mean, Maybe hopefully we can there won't be any attract a
1: vet. Yeah. Maybe we can attract yeah. a vet to come live there.
2: That would be amazing. There. Well, that's the other thing I was thinking of too. You know, I told you part of my background is um a pet sitter. Um, mostly it's been cats and dogs. I have a few rabbits that I take care of. Um I don't you could either have somebody like me on the premise that could maybe do that for everybody or depending on the kind of people you have, if you've got these really amazing animal friendly people that amongst themselves could maybe form a little animal section where it'd be like, okay, I'd be comfortable to take care of your dog when you go out of town. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, um, where you don't really, you could take the professional out of it if you wanted to. Great if you had one, but what if they weren't available? And you'd have this like little group of, you know, people that have signed up who, you know, um, you feel comfortable with. And of course you would like, you know, you would prep them, well, this is what I need. And this is what I'm, you know, when I'm going. That's just an idea of like, where you're really involving the community and you don't have to go outside of the community to have somebody, um, it'd be like, if you felt comfortable for somebody to babysit your kid, Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's kind you of like see a this- pet
0: sitting co-op.
2: Right, yeah. right. Yeah. In yeah. <laughs> the community. I love Just that. Just like if we were gonna have a garden, I'm sure there'd be people signing up to work in the garden. You could have the same thing with the you know, with with pet care, uh, for people who are going away mm-hmm. and they wanna keep their pet in the community, safe where the animal knows where it is and probably has met some of these people before, if it were a dog, you know, and, and you're socially going to the dog park or taking your dog on the leash to other people's little, whatever. If there's a communal room, that's dog, they're going to let the dogs in, you know, the dogs already know some of these people Or it's just an idea.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. And, you know, I bet you for every dog in the community, I'm, I keep going back to dogs just because that's my thing, but um, I bet there's one person that that dog loves and that loves that dog almost as much as the owner. And that that would be the natural person, you know, to do that. And mm-hmm. they, they sort of sign up, you know, if mm-hmm. you need to go out of town, I want to keep scruffy. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: I think a lot of that people and animals would self-select mm-hmm. their their pair.
0: Probably. Yeah.
1: Any other suggestions that come to mind, Christine, about you know how to manage things uh, and keeping people safe and animals safe?
2: I feel like we I feel like we covered a a lot of ground pretty much everything i had on my list you know um
1: maybe talk about covid a little bit and how things have changed with covid because even though the worst of it will surely be beyond us in six months i think we're still going to have some of this so what have you seen related to covid and people in their and their pets
2: For sure, um, people are bonding more with their animals um, and um, people are adopting a lot of animals. Uh, At the clinic um, I work at, I can't believe how many new clients we have, because they're like, we just adopted this cat. And um, people, we've been so busy because people are with their animals more and they're like, oh, I never noticed this about sugar. And, uh, and like, all of a sudden we're like, we're, see- we're seeing people are bringing their pets in more because they've been spending more time. They have time to bring the cat to the vet. I'm, I don't think we're alone. I think a lot of animal hospitals have seen this. Um, and so, yeah, it's just making people very much more bonded with their animals than ever before. And, um, and think of how much comfort they bring us. I mean, my cats are my sanity, because that just, I know when I come home from work, they're happy to see me. They're just, you know, they're always happy to see me. They're you know they lower my blood pressure down, I mean, um, and I'm sure when people with dogs they' I see all my neighbor I've never seen so many people walking, you know, everyone's spending a lot more time with their dogs. This is dog heaven right now. um I think when people start going back to work, this might be a little bit uh upsetting for the dogs. I think the cats, not so much. I think the cats are like. Uh, this is my nap time. What are you time. doing home? Are you Why doing? are you here? Yeah, like <laughs> It's my nap time. You can go away now. But dogs <laughs> are going to be a little bit more anxious when people go back to work. So people maybe need to start thinking about ways that they can prepare their dogs for that, which I think would be um, making them have some alone time, quiet time, where they're okay to be whatever in their bed and they're Crate or whatever and you go maybe go out and take a walk and um and they're okay. Like they don't have to be with you 24 seven, you know, they're gonna be okay. Um I don't know.
0: Can that you might tell be, our dog that I don't, <laughs> please. That might be an issue. Or just yeah, I don't I
2: mean um 24 seven. I was gonna say it sounds like you have a dog that needs to get worn out. Like just has yeah. to be walked multiple times run around and i don't know if you have doggy daycare where you live
0: yeah we do put him actually he's in a kennel uh for a couple nights right now because we got away but he has separation anxiety so he's had some trauma in his life yeah that
2: is really hard i'm not going to tell you that's an easy uh thing to cope with and we're going to be seeing more dogs with that problem Mm -hmm. um it's uh it's, it's a lot of work. Um, I don't know what else to say. We can put (laughs) a whole other,
0: all other animal on that alone.
2: (laughs) But I mean, I, I guess my whole thing, we, we all are, are experiencing now more than ever how our pets are just enrich our lives. They just, um, They're just glad to be with us. They rely on us in this totally unconditional way where um, they're just a constant, um, they just bring joy to our lives. And so of course people are gonna, when they, if they're gonna come to Thrive, those kind of, they're people, if people who are gonna live at Thrive Co Living are gonna wanna live with other people, that means they wanna, they're, they're, they want to, they're going to, they're going to have re-bring in their pets. They're people who like to coexist <laughs> with other people right. and beings. And yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I've, I've gotten through this whole podcast without talking about my awesome dog, Duncan. Where is, <laughs> is Duncan. To ab-
0: How come we can't see
1: him? <laughs> he is absolutely going to love being there. He mm. Uh, He sort of rubs against people like a cat does, you know. Um, Is he a (laughs) leaner? Yep. He just uh, loves people. So he's going to have a great time and, uh, and, and a good welcoming committee for new people. So I can't wait to get him in that environment. That's
2: great. I bet. So I
0: think just to recap some of the things that we've talked about, at least so far, in terms of having this enriching community with our pets, because they provide so much value, um, right from the beginning, there have to be some kind of rules or protocols and uh, really good communication between yes. pet owners, between Thrive community members, residents, and, and the pets themselves. Right. <laughs> All of that communication has to be very, very clear and defined upfront. Animals need to have their vaccinations. They have to be up to date and current. Um, and we minimize as much as possible that you know possibility of spreading a disease. Um, There may be limited areas for pet access because not all people are pet people. My mother is one of them. (laughs) She um, loves the Thrive Community idea, but I don't know that she would appreciate seeing pets everywhere she went so Mm -hmm. you know maybe designated areas is is a really good Uh, idea some
2: some people have allergies and things too yes i have cat allergies i do like
0: them but i can't spend a lot of time around them so that's another good one
1: and phobias Uh, there are people Mm -hmm. that are deathly afraid of certain animals so Mm -hmm. we've got to be sensitive to that
0: yep Mm -hmm. And then I love the idea of some kind of pet service co-op or share or just communication among the community and then access to veterinarian care, whether that's on site or nearby, something like that, having a place where people can go. I think those are all really strong ideas for Thrive. And at
1: least a dog park, if not a pet park.
0: Yes. You can have your dog park and then your cat park and then your <laughs> dog park and your bird park and <laughs> your chicken park. Right. Well you could have
2: like the farm and then you could have the- Yeah
0: there, right. the Farm park. <laughs> yeah. They're all used to being together.
2: Right, right.
0: I love that. This is amazing. I've loved this conversation.
2: Yeah, this was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Christine, for being here. Oh, with you're us.
0: welcome. Yeah, my pleasure.
2: It's been great to to share my ideas and to hear, hear your ideas.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you. And, uh, we'll be back soon.
2: Okay. Have a good evening.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the thrive co-living podcast and YouTube broadcast. To discover more about our mission, activities, and how to find us on social media, please check out our website at thrivecolivingcommunities.org. There, you can also learn how you can support this creative vision in community co-living. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon.